Madden Luke's Sci-Fi Sanctuary. The year is 3013. The galaxy is scintillating in the mellow light. Two galactic pilgrims seek out vistas in the samurai future to bring forth the unity of the cosmic shaman. Opening the door of the pantheon of mystics, the evil sorcerer wizard powers the engine of science, seeking to forever alter the sacred balance, traveling on effervescent balls of summer fire. This week, Silent Running. In the year 2018, Bolsonaro was elected president of Brazil, partly on a platform of destroying the Amazon rainforest for economic gain. But who could have predicted that? Wow, that's a... <laughs> uh, the Amazon rainforest has... Do on that. 18% of it has been destroyed. At 25%, it will no longer be able to sustain itself. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Fuck. <laughs> Maybe a garden. May have been planted by the ancients. Ancient yeah. people, by the way. Hmm. I'm, not, I'm not trying to throw the aliens in here, but uh, it is a garden place. I'm, when people first came to North America, too, they were oh, there are no people here because they died of smallpox and stuff, and everything here is like a garden. I don't like the way you word like that. They coincidentally happened to die of smallpox. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's from the blankets, but uh, but the they fact is, killed them. <laughs> yeah, no, no. But I'm talking about explorers that came in, right? Mm. Yeah, if you go to Hispaniola or something like that, or Mexico, yeah, it was pretty direct. But in the interior of North America, the disease yeah, wave yeah. would have been first. They weren't nice once they got there. I mean, we saw that happen three years ago at Standing Rock, you know? Yeah. It's not like we're better about it. I'm just saying that the people were already gone when some of the explorers got there. Man, that's a depressing start, and this is a depressing movie. What is it? Silent running. Yeah, we're all going to be running silently if this stuff keeps going on, said the Lorax. Uh, This is Matt. This is Luke. And this is the Sci-Fi Sanctuary. Yeah, that worked at least. Um. It's normally, and welcome to our... Sci-Fi Sanctuary. It's too depressing, man. There's no welcome. Uh, You're just here. You're hearing about it. (laughs) I mean, this is kind of a sci-fi sanctuary in this film. Yeah. Oh, pretty hardcore. It's it's the last sanctuary, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) So um, this is 1971. Um, Douglas Trumbull did the effects for Close Encounters. uh, 2001, Star Trek The Motion Picture. Yeah, Blade Uh, Runner. Yes, and doing 2001, uh, we talked about in that podcast, the original idea was it was going to be around Saturn, but he couldn't handle the rings. Mm. He's like, I can do the rings now, but there was no movie for it, so he made this one. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, um, I was blown away when I checked the date after watching it and saw how early it was. (laughs) This film looks great. After you watched it, what was the date? 72. No, no, I mean, what did you think it was made in? Oh, I assumed it was post-Star Wars. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, this looks better than no, Star Wars. this sets the standard in many yeah. ways. I mean, there is a bit of cheese as well, but in no, a very... Like, fr- in, like, costume and design and stuff, there's a bit of cheese. But it's a very, very... Pulling it off, it's done really well. It's, any cheese is very forgivable because it's a matter of uh, time and yeah, being, one of, being one of the first to do this sort of stuff. Hmm. Um, this being sort of a, 
Echo, Eco, Echo. Man, I lived in Japan too long. I don't know how to say it anymore. Echo Fable, Eco Fable. Yeah, I know what you mean. Okay. Took me a second to realize what word you were trying to say. Because in Japan they say Echo, right? But okay. In America they say Eco. What do you say? Eco. If I, if I think of the word eco-terrorism, I would say eco. Okay. So I guess we say eco. <laughs> so it's the Japanese thing. Ecological. Um, Ecological? <laughs> and it sounds like it's about shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's scatological, man. I know, I know. <laughs> this movie is not scatological. Um, it's not the best-known movie. It does have notable names. Douglas Trumbull already mentioned. Uh, Bruce Dern as the lead actor. Bruce Dern is a... At least in some camps, a notable name. Uh, if you don't look know Bruce, you know his daughter. Because I have to look him up. <laughs> okay, well, you know Laura if you don't I know Bruce. I know Laura then, yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, Bruce was before Laura, because mm. that's that's how fathers and daughters work. <laughs> yes. Good job. <laughs> studying your echo biology. <laughs> right, I'm a biology master now, because I understand that. <laughs> well, we'll go to the biology masters in this film in a minute. Uh, yeah. I think I... I think I, I I didn't see this growing up. I think I saw it on a DVD release probably somewhere whenever it was released on DVD. I'm just going to spot check that as, I don't know, 2004 or something. Right. Um, at the time, it seemed a little... It actually seemed a little too... Even 2004, it seemed a little bit too far out of the box. Like, it just... Really? Yeah. yeah now, it, you're like... Very <laughs> real. Yeah. Um, even when I first saw it in 2004, so it seemed a, seemed a little wild. Huh. So I definitely saw this at least once as a kid. So I remember the name, and I had vague recollections of seeing a pretty boring film with very good robots and spaceships. <laughs> <laughs> um, although I couldn't picture the robots. Mm. Because seeing them today was a surprise and led to a revelation, which I'll talk about later. I think I know what you mean. <laughs> I'm not sure you do. I think I might. What? Well, wait. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, wow. This is a really good film. Yeah, yeah. There, there are things, a few things we'll get into that maybe haven't completely held the test of time, but the, the core of this film is more relevant today than it probably was when it was made. Also, it's about like a nice 90-minute film oh yeah but like a slow ponderous space film could be boring as hell if they dragged it out too long no I but this was a nice line my, my my notes for this are notably shorter um usually i show up with like four pages of notes here i have two and a little bit of change on the third page yeah that doesn't mean there's nothing to talk about here no, no. it just means not that many things happen in this film but most of them are worth discussing that it didn't feel like there were long stretches of nothing happening no, it does bump along. It's just um, once you, you know you're committing eighty percent of the film to one actor, basically. Yeah. So, well, in a way. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, um, th- this was only my second viewing, anyway. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not balls deep in this. I guess hmm. I wasn't Dragon Ball either. But okay, yeah. Well, yeah. This is my first viewing in terms of being old enough to take it in. Yeah, you kind of. Ne- like, it'd be great if a 10-year-old could take this in, but on yeah. one end, maybe they shouldn't, and, but, yeah. yeah. Maybe it would be good if more people did and they were young. Yeah, it'd be good <laughs> if they did, but it's unlikely that they yeah, would. No. Let's put it that way. So, um, I assume you've watched it if you're listening to this, but uh, if not, shall we run through the plot? Uh, yeah, let's do it.
In a dystopian future, the only plant life left alive is preserved in greenhouse domes attached to the large spaceship Valley Forge, currently orbiting Saturn. The plants are tended by Freeman Lowell, three robot drones, and three other crewmen who are total douchebags. The crew receives orders to jettison and destroy the domes and return the freighters to commercial service. After four of the six domes are jettisoned and blown up, Lowell rebels and opts instead to save the plants and animals on his ship. Lowell kills one of his crewmates, who arrives to plant explosives in his favourite dome. He then jettisons and triggers the destruction of one of the remaining domes, trapping and killing the remaining two crewmen. Lowell stages a fake premature explosion as a ruse and sends the Valley Forge careening towards Saturn in an attempt to hijack the ship and flee with the last forest dome. He then reprograms the drones to perform surgery on his leg and sets the Valley Forge on a risky course through Saturn's rings. Lowell and the surviving drones, Huey and Dewey, set out into deep space to maintain the forest. As time passes, Lowell is horrified when he discovers that his biodome is dying. Somehow this super smart space botanist doesn't know that plants need sunlight. When the Berkshire, another space freighter waiting to see if the Valley Forge has survived the trip, eventually re-establishes contact, he knows that his crimes will soon be discovered. It is then that he realises a lack of light has restricted plant growth, and he races to install lamps to correct this situation. In an effort to save the last forest before the Berkshire arrives, Lowell jettisons the dome to safety. He then detonates the nucleus charges, destroying the Valley Forge, the damaged Huey, and himself in the process. The final scene is of the now well-lit forest greenhouse drifting into deep space, with Dewey tenderly caring for it, holding a battered old watering can. Again, capitalism wins. Yay, capitalism! <laughs> I just wrote that folk song for you, man. Thanks, man. <laughs> Why do you have a poster that says "Nuke the Whales"? Well, I gotta nuke something. <laughs> <laughs> I said "Nuke the Forest." Oh no, it's quite in Simpsons. Oh right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> At least it goes to Nelson's house. Ah, uh, <laughs> nuke something, right? They gotta nuke something in this film. Um, you know, America must blow up the moon. <laughs> Did you ever see the XKCD comic? X? It's, it's a webcomic, but they had a one where they had all the various different quotes from Nixon and um, Kennedy. It's like, every single reason that was given for flying to the moon could be equally valid for blowing up the moon. <laughs> and they just edited the quote so that every time they say land a man on the moon, it says blow up the moon. No, I know I've uh, talked Mr. Show yeah, uh, Bob Odenkirk, David Cross, with you a few times. One, they actually have a silent running specific sketch on their show. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> they also have a extended sketch in one of their episodes um, where where it's like America's gonna blow up the moon, and they have a team. We're gonna blow up the moon, <laughs> and when it happens, it's just like a boardroom meeting, and like 
it's on to a new sketch, and then like in the window, you just see the moon blow up. Amazing. You're <laughs> just like, oh, look at that. Okay, let's get to business. <laughs> Which I guess is how things work in the world of uh, this movie. And maybe, I hope not this world, but maybe. Well, I also I think blowing up the moon would fuck up the earth quite badly. Yeah, the tides would get a little confused. <laughs> uh, well, I'm, I mean, blow, destroying the re- what you have left of nature is pretty much akin to blowing up the moon. Yeah, but also is happening. Dude, 420. 420 blazing, man. It's 420. It's April 20. It's also Earth Day. What a day to do silent running. <laughs> it's also... April 2020, so it's been 420 all month. And now it's 420 during 420. And everyone is stoned out of their minds on this planet. Yeah. <laughs> but what else you got to do? <laughs> oh, I just meant everyone's, everyone's nuts out of their minds, yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, what's the Chinese... It's a, they say it's a proverb, but it's more of an insult. May you live in interesting times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. So some interesting times led to the situation in this movie. Like I said, when I saw it 15 years ago or whatever, it seemed a little wild. Now it's like, well, yeah, I guess people might do that. Well, the the scene which really spoke to me is when he sat with his crewmates and they are, they're just like chowing down on their fake food. And they're just like, yeah, who cares, man? Shut up. <laughs> like, why do you care about that stuff? Why are you eating that gross stuff? And it's like, that's so real. But- people just stay in their city and use their devices and... Why are you a weirdo who wants to go wander up a mountain on her own? And even Lowell, once he gets stuck in a rut, he starts eating it too. He yeah. hasn't been to his own, you know, nature sanctuary, his sci-fi sanctuary. He's eaten the weird bricks of stuff. Yeah. I mean, obviously this film exaggerates a bit. Like, there are people who care about nature. They're not, like, one dude left. In a NASCAR uniform. But at the end of the... But, yeah, people just put profit above fucking anything. <laughs> Human lives. It's just... Short-term gains, ignoring long-term, maybe it's good to still have forests. Yeah. Um, let's get... Let's. I was about to plug in a very deep question, but let's just get a little bit into the actors or actor. Actor, first. yeah. Um, Bruce Dern was part of the, uh, the 60s Psychedelia crew. Jack Nicholson, Peter Fonda. Okay. They'd make movies with Roger Corman. I'm I'm coming closer to considering the trip a sci-fi movie, and we're going to do that maybe, or we'll cheat <laughs> it, but it's a, it's a substance, it's sci-fi, but um, yeah, anyways, you know, kind of the counterculture, you know, Laurel Canyon weirdo programming vibe. Bruce Dern was the weird one, though, because apparently he did not do drugs and had somewhat conservative views. Oh, I looked him up on Wikipedia because I sort of recognized the name because of what he'd done. And when I saw his picture, he's like, oh, he looks like an old white man who has conservative views. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, um, but he, he also ha- did a lot of cowboy stuff, I think. Yeah, he did I that. Saw but, his name on a lot of cowboy But then, stuff. like, he's in the trip. He's actually in that movie. Uh, he's, he's the babysitter. And he's, he's in a lot of these counterculture movies. So he was right. definitely hanging with the large. But does he Kane play crew. counterculture characters, or is he the guy who comes in to play, like, the principal? Not necessarily. Okay. In the trip, he's kind of the. He's he's not hipster number one, but he might be hipster number three. Okay. Yeah. Or so. did he think these were all um, like cautionary tales? Well, that's why <laughs> his acting in this Does is he so smoke weed and eat his baby. We well, didn't smoke the weed. Maybe no, he, he ate, ate the, the baby, but films. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Um, but yeah, I'm 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 wondering how he approached this because he was like he was like the Republican dude that hangs out with the hipsters. <laughs> I guess like. 
just because he has some right, it doesn't mean that he believes that like the forest should be nuked. Well, yeah, I mean, like, he's getting here. back to nature and farmland can be quite a right wing. Yeah, you don't take this kind of acting job without having a few feelings about it, you know? Right. Like, the world is not divided into, like, total binaries. It's it is not now. It shouldn't be, but right, it but almost it, is. In reality, it is not, right? Yeah. There are a lot of people who have Republican views, but they want to... But their love is of nature and their farm or whatever, you know? They want to ride around Texas, Texas on their horse. Like, <laughs> just because... This, like, capitalist monolith, which is destroying the Earth... It's not made up of any amount of normal people. It's like a, f- a small number of billionaires bending the earth to their wills. No, as the earth is going into totally weird times, I mean, my fallback is if the, the poopy really hits a fan, well, we got a family farm to fall back to. I showed you my, my little picnic photos. That's, that's, yeah. that, that's the fallback. <laughs> I live close enough to nature and know a little bit about farming and eating that... I think I could survive for a while. So I have my own little biodome in the way of this movie. That's my fallback. I could start dying as it does in this movie too. But uh, no. uh, you know, except for for uh, Lowell, I guess the people in this world have given up on that. And again, like I kind of alluded, he kind of even starts to give up. He just starts joyriding around and eating bricks of weird stuff when he's yeah. left alone. That scene of him joyriding around. Um, that was recreated almost shot for shot in Breaking Bad. Was it? <laughs> yeah, there's a bit where, um, like, it's one of the later seasons and things are going pretty bad and Jesse's, like, really losing it. And he just wants Walt to, like, just hang out with him and have some fun instead of constantly being moody and obsessed with whatever. So like, let's go go-karting, let's go go-karting. And eventually you get a scene where he just goes on his own and he's just whizzing around the go-kart track screaming. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, there's shots where it, like, just blows up his face. Like, ah! And it's exactly like this. I'm like, oh, weird. Yeah, that's kind of a, a nice, subtle touch this movie, because at the beginning, they have him in his garden in his, uh, like, St. Francis of Assisi robes, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when he actually has to play a game, and he's taken, you know, he's murdered people to to save nature, but in the end, he's still just, like, kind of falling apart when he's left to yeah. his own devices. You know, he, he has quite a bit of willpower. He keeps it up as much as he can. He gets a robot's program. But in the end, even he's... You know, he's fraying at the edges. I never quite understood how long, how much time is supposed to have passed in this film. I'm not sure. It's I'm, not made very clear. No, it's not made clear. I, I, my assumption was he's left alone about six months. Well, yeah, I was thinking about six yeah, months. Yeah, okay. It could be ten years, but he didn't look old or something. Mm. I think I think that's a reasonable assumption to make. Yeah. They they definitely do not tell you. But well, it's like a week. <laughs> <laughs> that would be depressing. I'd like to think it took at least a few months for him to start. But no, the point is, once he's chowing down and stuff, it's clear he has not been in that dome for quite a while. Right. Maybe a month or two or mm. a week. <laughs> right, because he goes back and then notices the plants are dying. Yeah, so it's yeah. clear he hasn't been there for a while. Yeah. Um, other actors in this movie, is that, is that no, what you want to talk about? Movie? Is that what you're trying to get out with the droids? Oh, right. Huey, Louie, and Dewey. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, right, no, no, no. Oh, good, you don't know what I was getting out with the droids. Oh. But I do... Yeah, so are they children or dwarves? The robots are drones. No. There are people in there. Right, there's people They're in They're listed there. at the end. Oh, see, that's what I thought you were getting at. So right. I have something different for you. Okay, go on. Uh, they hired a dude with no arms and a dude with no legs. Oh, wow. That's what I thought you were getting at. No, I didn't know that Okay, you got something new for me then. Oh, no, I'll get to that when we get to design. 
But it's not about the actors. Okay. But oh, no, okay. no, they had people missing limbs playing those drones. Ah, because I saw at the start, it had, at the end, rather, and introducing... <clears throat> da, 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 da. Yeah. I assumed it was either going to be dwarves or children. Cause no, no, because think about how... They're like, kind of like the, they're, they're also boxy. You could hide an arm in there. Yeah. So I, th- I think one of them... Maybe they were both, I mean, the same, but... Yeah, one of, they were missing limbs, so they could oh. fit in and move the drone legs convincingly oh wow because they look really good they do look they're good. amazing robots it's kind of yeah. it's kind of sad that people living that life had to do that but hey it's well, a job it's, it's good yeah, I, I mean it's a great place because you don't get gawked at it looks good right yeah so. i'm sure they actually got they probably didn't no for them it's fantastic I'm, I'm just lamenting the actual situation of being there but well yeah i mean i don't want to lose any limbs yeah. but. <laughs> but if you have Two, I guess that's a good way to uh, express yourself. Yeah, the only other time I've heard of a film looking for people with missing limbs was just Terminator Salvation because they wanted to make it look grim. <laughs> so they could actually put out a casting call, we want people with limbs missing. Yeah, much better with this one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, again, unless, well, someone, unless you specifically discover that fact, you're not going to know it by watching yeah. this film. So <laughs> that's, a, that's good, I guess. Th- those are... I, but the point is, though, more than the... Folks at Lowell murders. Um, yeah, these those are would be the those are the actors in the film. The other guys are characters. Yeah, they're just huge douches. <laughs> and like he starts like, oh, I'm gonna miss them live. And I'm like, no, you're not. Those guys were assholes. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I alluded before to the like NASCAR uniforms. Yeah, it comes across now. It comes across so idiocracy because they're in these like lame looking NASCAR uniforms. I mean, Lowell's too. But, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they're very gaudy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I did not. I didn't really care what he killed them. <laughs> no, 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 you don't. I mean, you kind of, you can feel for the act of doing so. You yeah. know, like taking someone's life obviously sucks, but they do try and... Um, yeah, but also, put in terms enough, of in a film, I assume a lot of people get killed for a lot less. Exactly. <laughs> they, they put quite a bit of buffer between um, the act and these people, so... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, the only other real... You got some voices over the radio, and that's it for cast. Yeah. Sorry, I just glanced down my notes where I had written, um, these guys are actually more disturbing idiots than the idiots in Idiocracy. Huh. <laughs> Although, uh, yeah, so... Because they're actively, like, screw it. I've still not seen Idiocracy. Okay. Anyway, those people are just dumb, right? Right. Whereas these guys are, like, actively, yeah, like, no, no, nah, crapping okay, on... So good. On, you know, <laughs> Bullying him ideas. for caring about nature. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, just one more thing on Bruce Dern. Um, I, like I said, I had to look him up. Like, I knew the name, I couldn't think what I'd seen him in. The only other stuff of his I've seen is all really dumb. <laughs> like, like, he's one of the voices in Small Soldiers. <laughs> okay. Which, I love that film. We're definitely doing that for this show sometime. <laughs> is it sci-fi? Yeah. Okay. The little androids. I haven't seen it. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, it's so good, you're going to hate it. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good, you're going to hate it. You didn't see it when you were 12 like I did, so... <laughs> It Maybe seemed like a Toy eight. Story ripoff at the time. No, it's really not. Okay. took a break we realized we're sitting here eating food food cubes yeah i we 
just before recording this section, went and grabbed lunch from the convenience store. And I was thinking before we left, like, oh, I'm going to make sure I get, like, fresh fruit, fresh vegetables, you know, really live the spirit of silent running. And we bought the most artificial food. Well, our original idea, which lasted until three hours ago, was actually record this on, like, the side of a mountain. Yeah. But it's really windy today. I have a nice umbrella, and it inverted my umbrella. It's also kind of a shame, because this might be our last chance to record together for a little while. <laughs> Japan is finally starting to take the situation seriously. <laughs> But, uh, but I'm not getting my hopes up that we're getting any time off work. Yeah. Anyway, we'll, we'll get you a mountainside recording at some point, but uh, pending. On the other side, man. Blame the wind today, man, because it almost happened. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was still in bed watching this film when I got my message, your message saying that we're not going to. And I was like, I'm kind of glad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is much easier for me. And it was occasionally spitting rain. But yeah. Some... Well, it's funny. It, it did dry up quite nicely, but it's gone cloudy again now. The point is, we do have trees to record by, and some rain, and some wind, so... I've got cactus over there. It's looking a bit grim, though. I need to water yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the cactus needs water? <laughs> I'm not sure I've watered it this year. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Luke and Matt should not be left in charge of this biodome. I've always told people I have, like, a black thumb. Because you've got the opposite of a green thumb? Everything I touch is dies. I've never actually been very good at keeping plants alive. Yeah. I had a spider plant for years, which my elementary school teacher gave me on the last week. He had like one, and it had it sprouted, so he gave every student a plant. I kept it alive pretty much till I left home. Do they require love? Nah, they're piss easy. Okay, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I just don't love plants. I'm okay. a tree fucker. There. I guess we go design now, because there's a lot of cool design in here. There's some very cool design in here. Uh, it's like a proto-star destroyer, with, with more practical things attached, I guess. But. This is a very cool space design, yeah. The, especially when the domes are attached. Once yeah. the domes come off, it's pretty generic. Yeah, but it had a kind of a straw, straw destroyer. Straw straw straw, 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 straw. straw destroyer. <laughs> straw destroyer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it had that vibe, um, which... I, I'm, you know, I think Lucas was probably thinking of this film a little bit when, uh, well, or the designers of the Star Destroyers, I should say, because I Ralph McQuarrie, like that dude, yes. His drawings look quite different than the end results, though. I feel yeah. like his designs come into play more in like the more recent movies. Yeah, kinda. Because they're like, oh, we need some like OG stuff, and oh, we didn't use all of this for Star Wars, so yep. let's use it now. Well, he, yeah, he draws Star, everything with a Star ruler. Trek. <laughs> Star Trek too. Yeah, the Discovery. Discovery, his, yeah, his yeah, totally his enterprise. <laughs> but that's neither here nor there. We have this weird um, cargo ship in here, but yeah, it, it, I guess it's got it, a very like industrial design, which is appropriate. It does. This have looks that, like a business spaceship, right? Except it does have that um, black hole complaint where they're pumping a whole lot of oxygen through this thing. It's yeah, just true. wide open spaces. I mean, you go joyriding on your on your cart. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't seem practical for a spaceship orbiting Saturn. Although, it, it, for for the um, purpose of this movie, it's fine, of course. But um, yeah, practically, never, it doesn't make much I've sense. I've never built a spaceship. I don't know how it's best to oxygenate them. I'm just thinking... Saucer saucer section in Star Drive does make some sense in the end. Mm. Makes yeah. it more sense the more you think about it. I, I love the Enterprise, man. Yeah. Or like a, you know, ramjet. You'd have a well, lot of... Ev everyone lives at the front and then there's just a big bit behind it that goes... Pshh. Yeah. I just, I, <laughs> I just like to think about in our meetings that my... You've actually seen me staring at my pins doing this. 
you know, the, the pin is a ramjet, and this is the ship attached to the ramjet. Oh, okay, that's pretty cool, yeah. And you see me staring at my pins doing this, haven't you? Uh, maybe. You I definitely have. will now. <laughs> <laughs> it makes sense. You'd have a large proportion section, mm. and then, like, a minimal living section. Yeah. Mine's got the four separate clicky color bits, and it looks really rocket shippy as well. Oh, yeah, those are cool, too. Yeah. And, uh, but this one seems to have a lot of uh, money bits and not so many proportion bits. Yeah. Which, but, you know, it's a cargo ship, right? So. And they designed it for a sci-fi movie in 1972, so whatever. Yeah. I'm just throwing it out there. <laughs> uh, the robots, I, I thought the big weird reveal was the uh, parap- or paraplegic actors. Um, you have something else for us. Please turn your attention to the television screen. You can't see this as an audio podcast. We'll have to describe it to you. Uh, let Matt describe what's happening. Okay, it's a- we're in Mario Kart. We're in Super Mario Odyssey. Oh, yeah, what am I saying, Kart? Okay, head off to another kingdom. Let's set sail. Thank you, Mushroom Man. Goomba, Kumba, Kumba. We're going to Brazil, are we? Taking off in our freaky ship, Toasterina? I've got stickers for all the places I've been. Okay. The ship's called the Odyssey. You've been to Toasterina? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, like, have you really been to Toasterina? In my soul, man, yeah. Okay. 486, what's that mean? How many moons I've got. Oh. See, it all look, See, now it all just looks like design elements. I don't even know their stats. Last one I played was um, the Wii one. Galaxy? Galaxy, I yes. I love Galaxy. I did love Galaxy. We're in the Wooded Kingdom in the Steam Gardens. What are you seeing, Matt? You seeing a, a forest in a dome? I saw some rusty stuff in a bit of a dome, yeah. Does Mario... Is Mario Lowell? Does he murder people? He murders, uh... Kumbas. Check out these gardening robots, man. Oh, hello! It has got the watering can. The flowers have bloomed at 137% over average. Yeah, it's the it's freaking Huey, Louie, and Dewey. Yeah, so... So... Lowell trained the robots. The robots made it back to an Earth where the robots began... The rainforest in Brazil all over again? Is that what we're looking at? I guess. Okay. But yeah, this this level, I had no idea, is very much inspired by Silent Running. Yeah, go, show me the dome again. You gave me a glance. I didn't Let's really... Let's see if I can... Oh, just, go to a higher spot like a, I can see it better. This is it? Oh, this definitely makes me think of Galaxy. Yeah, look, we are inside... Okay, the ceiling is definitely... Yeah, we're in a big glass dome, forest. Yeah. And the robots are explicitly Huey Louie doing this by it. Yeah, Silent Running does not have this large um, oh, uh, no, steel yeah, infrastructure. But, but because but... it doesn't need Mario to run around in it. Doing yeah, long Mario long, would get pretty bored in the uh, biodome. Of course, this one happens to be on Earth, right? we got yeah. mountains and stuff outside. So um, we are, yes, just describing to you what we're seeing in Super but yeah, Mario that, Odyssey. I... See, because do you think of Silent Running as a film with, like, a big cultural impact? Yeah. In what ways? Okay, people typically don't know Silent Running so well now, but, um, again, I said we're recording this on what is technically Earth Day. Mm. The first Earth Day was about the time this movie came huh. out. Uh, I think it was 1970. This was maybe two years later, but right. this was running with that particular sentiment. Mm. Um, the Douglas... Trumbull connection is very strong. While this movie may not be the most popular, it does include those design elements that come in other movies. I mean, the dro- the drones in this movie are like 
no, know, there's no specific, R2-D2 but... without this movie, right? Exactly. <laughs> it doesn't take too many steps to get to R2-D2, and without this movie, you wouldn't have it. But, I, just, I mean, this movie seems kind of forgotten. So I'm really surprised that, like, freaking Nintendo based a Mario level on it. Hey, you know, uh, if you get into your proper geek, this is one to go for. Yeah. Uh, when we did Logan's Run, you confused this with Logan's Run, if I remember. Yeah, they're just, because they're just 70 sci-fi films I saw as a kid, right? But you watch them back to back, they're very different beasts. Oh, very different, yeah. Yeah, so, <laughs> you know, the people that remember, remember. <laughs> they have very different levels of robot quality. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, box doesn't definitely doesn't hold up very, and that was five, four years after this. <laughs> That's depressing. Wow, yeah. We do like Logan's Run. We named the podcast after, but man, box sucks as a robot. I guess I'd rather live in this sanctuary than Logan's one. Yeah, yeah. Just when you grow your own stars. food and chill out and play <laughs> that <fast 30. laughs> really impractical um, billiards playing robot. Yeah, that looks. What the hell is round billiards? That looks shit. <laughs> Just one hole in the middle. With with a slowly moving <laughs> robot to play with. Oh, I've played, I played pool with guys who fucking take their time like that. But at least you can watch them taking their Ten time. This robot's like moving slowly. Yeah. You can't yell at them too loudly because it's, you know, they're working on an algorithm. Playing poker with fucking droids. like. Any cheats? What's up with that? <laughs> grabs his card and turns around. <laughs> it might as well, it's like if I was just like sitting here playing poker with my stuffed Pokemon, just <laughs> had to check their cards myself. I guess uh, we're moving our design a little bit. We can go back if you want, but let's see with Lil. Like, on a basic moral principle, he's saving the last of nature, which mm. is an inarguable thing to do, I think. Mm. But he murders people. He cheats at poker. <laughs> uh, you know, he's not the most stand-up guy. He's just the only guy there that's willing to take a step. Yeah, I don't, I don't even know if he's a good guy. He yeah. just happens to be on the right side of history with this one. Yeah, I mean, he kind of sucks. Um, also, I feel like he could have pulled it off without killing anyone. <laughs> put his mind to it. Or yeah. he just jettisoned all the nukes. Or what if he just jettisoned the dome and didn't have the nuke go off? I mean, they yeah. don't have comms in there, so... Yeah, if he just steals the drones, gets in the dome and bounces. I mean, maybe they could live in the desert. They could they could show up 20 years later like Khan, but, <laughs> you know, at least he didn't nuke them. <laughs> now, he does straight up take the one dude out with a shovel. Do you need to do that? I mean, the guy kind of tries to stop him, so... Eh. I don't, I don't, it doesn't necessarily feel like a deliberate murder. No, it's definitely, it's more manslaughter, I guess. Yeah. Um, no, the guys that get the nuked two, in the dome, that, that, that's, that's first degree. Yeah. <laughs> he knew what he was doing. <laughs> I think they got fucking far beyond first degree burns for that. <laughs> Radio. I, I did feel for the iguana, though. Yeah. Yeah. Because you have a nice eye shot with him and then they all get nuked. That reminds me of um, when I was in secondary school and we went on the field trip to the World War I, um, like battlefields and memorials and stuff. And there's literally like millions of graves of young men. And all the girls start crying at the grave of the dog. <laughs> yeah, well, if they, if they could see the, the, the boy bands that didn't happen, they would have yeah. shed some tears. It's like, it's like Justin Bieber said, and Frank would have been a true believer. He wrote it in her guest book. I know, book. I know. Yes. <laughs> uh, people can be stupid, as we see in this movie. <laughs> well, the most depressing one for me was the German grave. But they just have a mass grave. Oh, okay. No specific markings. Yeah. yeah. Like uh, in World War One, there weren't really goodies and baddies. Again, though, right now, they're just tossing people in uh, meat wagons. And who knows? Yeah. That's probably going to end up just being uh, off to history, unfortunately. 
Yeah. Interesting times. Yeah. Whereas this movie is off to history with all of nature. I don't know. Can a... I guess that's the that's the shit thing, man. People can make a decision just to blow up the rest of nature. I mean, twenty years ago, I, I guess I was still idealistic enough. I, I believed in something still, man. I think nobody could actually like say nuke nature, but but um, also, you have to make the leap that they've somehow created a new way to create all their oxygen and stuff. Right. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we're we saying nuked that, the rainforest right now. We would all die within like a month. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but there's you know there's I guess. Uh, Presumably they've got something out like, like the other guys clearly don't care. Yeah. They have got food and oxygen and whatever without nature somehow. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty wild, but also not that wild. There's a few that's the thing, there's a few conceits, but the conceit conceits are becoming thinner and thinner and that yeah. makes this movie a lot more disturbing. It was like a hippie thing when you threw it on in nineteen seventy two. So yeah, I expect most of the audience were laughing at Lowell when it came out. <laughs> Well, yeah, he seems ridiculous. He looks like Derek Zoolander a lot. Did you pick that up? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, he has a Ben Stiller look. and <laughs> that Watching it this time, I just Zoolander kept flashing through my mind. Oh, yeah, he didn't quite have leading man features to me. No, he has Zoolander features. He has male model features. Yeah. So we nearly watched this film a couple of months back, um, and Matt decided he didn't want to do it back-to-back with High Life, because that would have been two very depressing films about being alone on a spaceship, back-to-back. <laughs> but High Life was depressing in, like, its moment-to-moment character stuff, whereas this isn't really. Like, it's kind of fun and wacky in its characters, but just the world that it presents is much more depressing than High Life. Right, in High Life, we weren't quite sure what the state of the Earth was, like, if this was a test mission with convicts but in this one it's clearly like the environment is 100% screwed yeah, the earth is Coruscant now yeah I want to go with Trantor but sure <laughs> but yeah 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 the earth's Coruscant's Trantor nature's gone this is it and you know our character um, Freeman is not that likable he's just he's the only person there that is able to take this job he's watchable but he's not likable but yeah he's kind of like a freak and a weirdo and no social skills and a bit of an asshole right right he's just he's the he's the person in the position to do the necessary thing and even like I said he didn't have to murder people but well he did (laughs) but also you know those guys had it coming yeah they had it coming (laughs) and and they might have found the floating you know biodome like a week later and He's covering his tracks, so... Um, He's murdering people for rabbits, which in this case might be justifiable. I'm not sure, to be honest. That's the thing. That's why this movie's so fascinating. I'm not sure. When I first got my rabbit and became quite attached to it, um, I had a nightmare where some men kidnapped my rabbit and John Wick style, I hunted them down and very graphically killed them one by one. (laughs) (laughs) So... 
I think I am emotionally ready to kill a man over a rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> I had two rabbits when I was a kid. Uh, we talked about our what, porn star names. I'm Rodeo Mirage, right? Yeah. I had two rabbits named Rodeo. Nice. I had one for a little while. And then my parents said he hopped away. He did. No, the, I found out many years later at a family dinner with another family that the dog next door had given it a heart attack. Shit. Because <laughs> they gave us the rabbit when I was a kid, right? right? And like, whatever happened to the rabbit? So, oh, the dog next door gave it a heart attack and then it died. I'm like, what? <laughs> you told me it hopped away. And then I had a second rabbit too, which also, that one did hop away. <laughs> <laughs> that was Rodeo 2. Well, I had a rabbit called Smudge. And it did actually go and live with a woman with more rabbits. But right. I know that one's true because I took it there myself. Mm. <laughs> and then when I was in university, my girlfriend at the time I went to a flea market and the, and the rabbit scratched her so, or bit her <laughs> or something. So then, then I didn't like rabbits so much. Uh, mm. Yeah, I liked having a rabbit even though it ate all my furniture and lost me my deposit. No, ours was, uh, in, the, is, it was in the backyard in a, uh, in a wooden cage thingy but I broke up with that girlfriend and then no one was home most of the time so it would have had to stay in the cage and we felt bad yeah because we let the rabbit out of the cage we let it hop around so it hopped away oh yeah we did that but it ate the freaking it just hopped away it ate the walls it ate the carpet both rabbits they just hopped away yeah hopped away to live on the rabbit farm <laughs> in space <laughs> that's what Lowell's doing that's what Freeman Lowell Lowell Freeman no, why do you know Japanese with that I don't know at the end he lets Dewey hop away or is it Huey Dewey's on the dome. So Huey yeah. is the dome. Dewey helps away. Huey gets nuked. Huey, why'd you come? <laughs> he, he he needs to take some driving lessons. Yeah. I mean, seriously. That shouldn't have happened. Yeah, that was pretty bad. But oh. the whole fact that shouldn't have happened is why I think it's more effective. Again, when I first saw the movie, I was like, that's stupid. Now I'm like, yeah, these things happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the dumb thing happens, and then you have to deal with it. I... I always forget Huey, Louie, and Dewey have been around longer than the DuckTales cartoon from the 80s. They go back to the 40s. Yeah. But I, I was watching it. Oh, that's one of the reasons I was like, wait, when was this made? Because they're referencing DuckTales. I was like, wait, no, they're just referencing the old Scrooge McDuck comics from, like, the 40s. Are we getting to your um, amazing point? Yeah. Well, it's not an amazing point. That was the Mario one. It's just... <laughs> we're going to be covering another film with a DuckTales connection in a couple weeks. I already got you, but go ahead. <laughs> well, coming up soon, currently, the next Christopher Nolan film is still scheduled to release in July. So, who knows if that's happening. You might be streaming it. <laughs> but we're planning to do a Nolan month for July with... Um, Inception. Inception, <laughs> which ripped off a Donald Duck comic. It ripped it off so well, we'll get to that more that's, later. It's a good film. But also, The Prestige, Interstellar, and... Remind me... Are we not going Batman? It's not Dunkirk, I know that. Uh, no. Prestige. There's definitely another Nolan there. Yeah, why have I forgotten it? It's a good film as well. Inception. Inception, Interstellar, Prestige. Prestige. There's a fourth one that's not Memento. Is it Memento? Is it Memento? It's not really sci-fi. It's now. Now it's sci-fi because we're doing Nolan month. Maybe it's Memento, maybe we'll just do a Batman. I can't remember. <laughs> I had an idea for four. <laughs> no, you convinced me on it. I just yeah. forgot as well. <laughs> Is there one that I'm forgetting? Maybe the fourth one is the new one, because it's four weeks in a oh, month. Oh, right, yeah, maybe I just plan to include that yeah. instead of doing it as a bonus. Okay. Okay. Should I edit that, or yeah. should we just... <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> you listen to our rantings about Nolan Month. I mean, Memento is sci-fi in terms of the brains don't work like that. <laughs> you get excited about Nolan Month now, and now you listen to more Silent Running Chat. That's your cue. Oh, no, I was being silent. 
That's what we should have done for this podcast. Just like sat here for like 50 minutes. Yeah, I mostly just wanted to get on the Huey, Louie, and Dewey thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. Um, the bedroom. It does have his con- conservation pledge. Yeah. I displayed on several moments. <laughs> she looks at before committing murder. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he conserves, doesn't he? <laughs> Not their lives, but their other stuff. The trees. Yeah. You say it out loud, he killed three people to save some, like, a garden. It sounds insane, but when you watch the film, it's like, it makes sense in this context. It's the last garden. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, that's the plot of Lost. Kind of. <laughs> Until they <laughs> decided otherwise. The <laughs> <laughs> they kind of changed their mind on that five times, but... It's the garden where souls come from. It's simple. Yeah. <laughs> I, I will tell you, in 2009, when I, or 10, whatever, when, those, when Lost and Battlestar ended, I was like, which one? Which one's gonna age better? I'm not sure. Yeah. That that one's clear now. <laughs> uh, Battlestar, if it's not clear. Yeah. <laughs> Even though I still really like Lost. I do too, but they did kind of fall off their chair at the end of that one. Eh, I liked it, but also I watched it all way after the fact. So I'd had so many people tell me it was shit that I was like, oh no, it's good. No, I watched it real time from yeah. season four on. I caught up on the first three, watched four, five, six, real time. And I mean, even now, I, I do like it. Um, I don't necessarily, the whole puzzle box thing, which this was silent running has no puzzle box, which is very nice. Mm. Uh, sometimes it's very nice not to have a puzzle box. And uh, Lost's puzzle box was cool, but had several dents in it. Yeah. Also, my favorite character was Locke, and he was basically written out for the final season and made into the villain. Because he has no hair? Yeah. But this was before I had the hair. Okay. I just like Locke. <laughs> Oh, that's cool. I like a lot. <laughs> also, because Jack's boring. Do you? Yeah, Jack's boring. Do you? Do you like Freeman? We, we've we're, we're, Freeman? we've been in this movie. Lowell Freeman. We've been a little bit on the fence about him. He's a free man. I think I do like him. Yeah. Why? Like, because again. How? Like, I'm not disagreeing. I just I'm just I'm, because, I'm like, interrogating he's, you. He's like. He believes something that no one around him believes, but he really believes it, and he sticks to it. Mm. And it's just like. Yeah, that's very real. And sure, it makes him kind of insane and kind of do some terrible things, but it's real, right? One of my favorite movie quotes is also is from The Big Lebowski. As there's many quotes in there, but it's uh, I find this gets me through life. That's why it's such an important movie quote. Hmm. You're not wrong. You're just an asshole, right? <laughs> <laughs> like I don't think you could get along with this guy. He clearly he doesn't get along with his crewmates so well. Because well. he's not a people person, right? I think no. he was best suited to being alone on that spaceship for those six months. Yeah, really. <laughs> but um, he's not that likable. I mean, he he almost comes across like Zoolander half the movie. Besides, just mm. like in the way he floats around. I mean, and, yeah, and, yeah. and I I'm pushing the physical appearance there too because it just this time it blew my mind. But right, you're you meet this guy, he's gonna come across as weird. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But, like, you know, I guess because I've got a bit of, like, a hippy-dippy weird side in me. Mm. Like, I think I was briefly a member of Greenpeace. <laughs> like, I, I could have been herded on a boat, especially in my early 20s. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, you know, I just, I get him. But also, like, he is just a weirdo, so it's kind of fun to watch. Yeah, I just feel like I, I get him, but I could, like, I mean, navigate if, socially better. I don't want to, like, hang out with him. Yeah. <laughs> but I liked watching a film about him. But here's the thing with his crewmates before they're dead. We know he's right. 
He knows he's right. There's no way to convince his crew members. No, they live in a world where that's not right. <laughs> like, you know. Again, is there such a thing as objectively right and wrong? Yeah. Because the entire rest of the human race says you're wrong. Are you right? Like, but you know you're right, and we know he's right. It's, but that's very um, Captain America morality, right? But in this when the case, the whole world's telling you you're wrong, but you know you're right. We need a Captain America right. on the Valley Forge. Well, oh, they do tell him he's a great American. He is a great American. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, what was my note there? I wrote one, didn't I? You, you probably saw that, didn't you? I uh, know. You're a fine American, Luke. Is what you've written. Yeah, I want to tell you you're a fine American, Luke. You take that back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you, partner. I guess it gets like, like the black hole is an American ship, right? And this yeah. is an American ship with American Airlines and some Coca-Cola placement. And we want to thank all those. What was it? Yeah, are they really sincerely thanking the corporations that have product placement in this movie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know. I mean, you have to stay kind of nationalist and capitalist for this film to make sense, right? Yeah. If it was like a United Earth spaceship. Then it would just seem pretty whack. I was saying today they'd have to like make up like ironic product names because yeah, yeah, no yeah. one would be willing to put their name into this one. Coca Cola. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I've seen. I've seen films get away with surprisingly, um, like parody. We had the name. giant McDonald's sign in Fifth Element. Didn't yeah, we? yeah, and I'm thinking of. Have you seen the film The Invention of Lying? No. It's not great. It's the Ricky Gervais one. He's the only person on earth who can tell lies. So it has, like, a world of complete honesty. And they have a pe- advert for Pepsi. It says, Pepsi for when they don't have Coke. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a movie. Uh, it's from, it's, again, it's not a great movie. But I would not say don't watch it. It's uh, Crazy People. Mm. I think the Kutsi is, like, someone that's, like, mentally ill ends up in an ad. Or, no, it's either he starts telling truth in advertising it's put into a mental asylum. Or he's already there and starts making ads. But, um, right. It has, uh, like, he starts making ads like, Volvo, they're boxy, but they're good. <laughs> but my favorite was... Oh, well, that is the joke of this film we're talking about, the Gervais one. So they just ripped off this film you're talking about, okay. basically. Okay, I have to talk about my favorite one. There's a horror movie called The Monster. Right. So his tagline is, The Monster, it'll fuck you up. <laughs> <laughs> That's, it's not a real tagline, but it's still my favorite tagline. That's great. <laughs> the Monster, it'll fuck you up. <laughs> It still doesn't quite beat the tagline of Crank 2, which will always be my favourite. You've said it before. Say it one more time. He was dead. He got better. Yeah, that's good too. <laughs> <laughs> that, I, did I mention that when we did that? Because that's on the same level. So yeah. I, I might have. <laughs> this might be the second time on the podcast I'm bringing that one up. Uh, one more round of Hippy Dippy. Dip me, baby. John Baez. So my familiarity with John Baez is she did a song on the Metal Gear Solid 5 soundtrack. Okay, I was like, she banged <laughs> Dylan. Right? Okay. Uh, no, no, she was a, she was a folk singer. Was there a woman alive in the 70s who didn't bang Dylan? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, she's she is musically valid, let's give it, but I didn't even realize, like, she did the... I, I saw it, like, 20 years past, but mm-hmm. I'd forgotten she'd done the music, and I was like, why are these songs in here, man? <laughs> Couldn't we get, like, I don't know, like... Bernard Herman in here or something? I think it would have been okay if they'd done it once at the end. That would have been fine. The fact they did it like three times just felt like... Because by the time they're doing it at the end, I'm like, shouldn't we have a gentle acid folk tune here? Like, times with friends, 
that I murdered. You know, it's easy flashing back. But yeah, a few too many musical segments here. Yeah. Um, if you're into Joan Baez, that's cool. I dig that. I I guess I'm just not sorry. <laughs> um, I am down with San, Sandy uh, Denny and uh, Fairpoint convention which also springs to mind but they did not try and do the soundtrack for a sci-fi film either so <laughs> yeah it's I, I it didn't bother me okay but it, it, it's a bit crap well just 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 i guess i just took it as like oh, this is a weird hippie film from the 70s i'm okay. not gonna i i'm um i usually don't think about what music i'm putting between the segments of these podcasts but for this one i in recompensence i will put the lamest Acid folk tune I've ever recorded right here. Okay, engage. I did it again! Well, we like to ask, uh, do these films hold up? And this film doesn't hold up at all. It's completely dated hippie shit with no relevance in this day and age. Yep, I'd agree with that. No, this film doesn't <laughs> hold up like when it came out. This film is ten times more relevant than I know. When it came I, out. It's like I was I, very surprised. I want to believe what I just said is true, but it's not. <laughs> yeah. Wow, this film has aged like a fine wine. <laughs> Not the Joan Baez. Sorry if you like Joan Baez, but <laughs> the rest of it, holy shit. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, I watched it about 15 years ago, and it seemed a little funky and weird, and I didn't get Bruce Dern, and watching it this time, I'm like, oh my god, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> so real. Just like, oh yeah, we've decided to jettison the forest to nuke them so you can go back to business. It's like, <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> and it's Imagine like, America! Imagine living in a world where people are protesting on the streets that other people should be allowed to go to work and die <laughs> so that the economy <laughs> can restart. Who's even right anymore? <laughs> now, if you're if you are flying, if you're saying that with a swastika in hand or white power, fuck you. <laughs> if you're saying it at all, fuck you. No, I know. I'm just saying. But the idea it goes through everyone's head. Like, should I go out? No, but they're not. They're not saying they should be allowed to come out. They're saying poor people should go out for them. Okay, I, it's all new <laughs> news. I haven't got it. Other people, it will affect. Okay, right? I haven't. All I saw is a basic headline that. that a few weeks ago, Ready Player One, I put a song there. It's like, and it had to do with Ready Player One. The day after that one went online, I get these like alt right protests, and I'm like, oh god, did I just screw the goose? It's like, it's like. The, and that was where he accidentally written the alt right anthem. <laughs> yeah, because I'm like, two days ago, it seemed like a liberal kind of like free thing, and yeah. two days later, it's like, is this an alt right anthem? <laughs> <laughs> Things change so quickly now. <laughs> Yeah. Can't say anything about offending someone these days. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to think of the most offensively non-offensive thing I could say, but I couldn't quite I didn't quite have the brain aerobics to get there. <laughs> I guess the 
the uncomfortable truth that Al Gore told is, you know, questionable. The uncomfortable truth that this one is telling you is unfortunately far too real. Well, the thing is, because this movie is not saying, like, anything about the impact of what this will do, right? It's just saying, like, hey, by the way, people are fucked up enough to do this. <laughs> that's true, right? Yeah, we didn't see how you get here. Yeah. We also didn't see what life is like on Earth. Like, the other guys seemed pretty happy. Yeah. I mean, they're happy to just live in their space dome and eat their biscuits or whatever. <laughs> so, like, maybe that is... Ha- but, like, it's worth remembering, like, it's pretty nice to go out and see a tree. <laughs> yeah, it's nice to have an apple occasionally. <laughs> we live in Nagano. We have apples here right now. <laughs> well, yeah. we're gonna... We're, we're, I'm pretty sure we're still going to have apples here in a while. But, uh, <laughs> I don't think the virus can transfer to apples. No, no. But um, if people actively go destroying the apples because it makes money, yep. you know, that's an issue, which this film is certainly uh, speaking to us about. Do you say this film is more relevant than Avatar? <laughs> it's a little more relevant than Avatar, yes. I think it does that better than Avatar did. I mean, anything relevant to Avatar, just watch Aliens. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not going to back that statement up, by the way. It just came out. but <laughs> Yeah, it's like on one end. See, that's the thing. On one end, you protect yourself. You stay in. You do the synthetic thing to help other people. But then you need to get out. You need to have... The, you need to feed the tree. You need to eat... You don't need to eat the apple. You need to at least grow the apple. And then maybe you can have an apple, right? But, yeah, like... I don't think this is us being insensitive again. I think you are allowed to go outside on your own into nature. Yeah, yeah. I, great I showed you my photos of my little place. isolation barbecue, even though I still have to go to work tomorrow. I yeah. Think. <laughs> I, did the, I did my, well, picnic, excuse me, not barbecue. I did my barbecue in isolation, but tomorrow I have to go to work anyway. So As far as we know, we're going to the office tomorrow. This is Japan, and Japan's wild. In the backcountry of Japan. Tokyo, we would not be. Oh. Mm. Actually, my friend Tokyo said the, the Novas are still running. Huh. At least two days ago they were. But again, I think that the plan is that we're going to try and segue to doing our lessons online, but we will still be operating from our office. Yeah, but there's going to be a point where are we supposed to be like near each other at the office? So well, yeah, hopefully. Well, until the government says otherwise, we ain't shutting down. Yeah, this our, probably shouldn't be in the podcast. <laughs> why not? It's interesting. <laughs> our, our next yes. podcast may be by Skype, but interestingly, we're still not on Skype quite yet because mm. we have to be at a meeting tomorrow or in two days. Yeah. <laughs> well, I have, to, I have to be in multiple meetings tomorrow. Oh, right. <laughs> about how to do lessons on Skype. We're having in-person meetings about how to take our work online. <laughs> yeah, so that's Welcome to Japan. We're, we're, we're not trying to be insensitive. We're just in a very bizarre situation, as everyone is. Our situation is just bizarre in a slightly different way. We're just bizarre from your bizarre. <laughs> yeah, we're a different form of bizarre, which is close, more and more coming closer to your I mean, if you hadn't noticed bizarre. that already, that we're very bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> Our bizarre is coming towards your bizarre, but it, it's still work. It's, the, the ship is still sailing. That all sounds like a weird pickup line. The ship is still sailing, girl. How about my bazaar comes towards your bazaar, baby? (laughs) We gotta have a bazaar time. Yeah! Don't you mean bizarro? (laughs) That's when you get arrested. (laughs) So, if you would like to try Matt and Luke's pickup lines, you're going to end up in the clang. Except you won't because many cities have told their police not to arrest people. So, hey, now is the time to practice our pickup lines, but please don't. Matt, please stop advising our listeners to commit sexual assault. <laughs> no, please don't. <laughs> oh, you know what? Do, do the thing that's right. 
And follow us on Twitter at MLSFSPod. Wow, I didn't even work on that transition. Okay. <laughs> Where else are we? Uh, we're also on Facebook, iTunes, YouTube. Just search for Luke and Matt's Sci-Fi Sanctuary. You'll probably find it. What if I have no intentions of... Well, I don't. I mean, what what if I have no... What if I want to learn about Pokemon? Were you about to do some sort of line about how, like, what if I have no interest in women because I like Pokemon? I had, like, five... I, no, I really thought that's where you were going. It was not... No, no. It was actually worse than that. So all of them were, like, didn't come out. And you know if it doesn't come out from my mouth, there's an issue. So let's just... Let's just... 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 Just, just make us feel clean I again. I was going to do a real nice segue about how this... Pokemon is also very interested in preserving the environment. Yeah, that's good. So you should go listen good. to my podcast about different Pokemon. Do that. No. Oh, if you're a virgin and you like video games, go listen to Luke's podcast. Mm. <laughs> Do you want to give us a link to the place to look for that one? Oh, yeah. It's on Twitter <laughs> at LukeGlossPK, man. <laughs> Radio. I got some music. It's at um, rovingsagemedia.bandcamp.com. Sometimes the music I use here is actually from Damaged Tape. Dot .bandcamp.com. Maybe I'll put it on the same place at some time, but I'm kind of lazy. And if by some miracle one of our chat-up lines does work, when you invite a girl back to your place and play this music, she will leave. <laughs> <laughs> I make the music think it's the woman out of your house, boy. Because I'm coming in next. <laughs> but you ain't coming to our sanctuary. You're gonna... Get the fuck out of my stuff, I sexual. Yeah.